When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Appreciate you making your way here, checking out this episode. If you're a a first-time offender or even long-time listener but not subscribed, uh, I hope you take that second to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now or any of the big spots, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll bring you brand new interviews to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with all your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Kyle Meredith here, and today I'm going to be speaking with Tanya Donnelly. The co-founder of Belly, the Breeders, and Throwing Muses has teamed up with the Parkington Sisters for an album of covers that finds them taking on everybody from uh, Wings, the Go-Go's, Leonard Cohen, Linda Ronstadt, the Pretenders. She'll tell us about uh, covering Split Ends, Echo and the Bunnymen, and the reason why a lot of these songs come from the era of the 70s and 80s. Of course, we're going to you know, discuss the age-old idea of how to approach a cover. Do you do it faithfully? Do you put your new spin on it? And speaking of covers, you know, this isn't her only covers project. If you've been following Tanya online, you'll know that she's been uh, doing another cover series, an online cover series, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic 
pandemic with uh, with a lot of the proceeds going to places that help out uh, independent venues, that help out Black Lives Matter. So we're also going to discuss artist activism now uh, versus back in the 90s. You'll also hear about how doing these covers might affect her next album. And we'll get an update. Will there be another Belly record? And what can we expect from a project that she's doing with Dylan in the movies? So let's get into it and discussing Tanya Donnelly and the Parkington sisters. It's Kyle Meredith with Tanya Donnelly. Hey, it's Tanya. How are you? It's been really interesting, the new release with the Parkington sisters and what you've been doing on your own, because you've basically been in covers land for what it seems like all of 2020. <laughs> Is that a complete because of of quarantine? You know, I, I don't know how far in advance you had the uh, the record with the Parkington sisters uh, planned, but but is that a coincidence? Yes, it's a complete, a total coincidence. There was no, I had no intentions of doing an online cover series as well. That was just um, a result of fundraising for what started as local venues and musicians impacted by COVID here, and then the and then sort of branched out in scope in terms of benefactors of the series. So, but yeah, no, I had no plans on to, to do it to do the Bandcamp piece until lockdown. But here here you are, and you've covered a lot of ground on other people's songs at this point, too. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if we're uh, <laughs> completely keeping tally, but, but it's interesting even to see the differences, I guess, in what you chose with the album versus what you're able to cover with the Bandcamp series, because, you know, I think a lot of artists are saying whether they're covering someone else's songs or writing songs, a lot of songs become even unintentionally political just because that's what we're inundated with. The Bandcamp right. songs, you're able to choose those as more topical, but did that happen in the same way with the record? No, no. The album was, you know, sort of prior to this. We've been working on that for, I mean, all told, probably we've been in the studio together two weeks tops, but that's been, those days have been spread out over about a year and a half or so. So there was no, at that point, we weren't choosing based on on any political or or topical points. So, and and even the series, this even the Bandcamp series, I have to say as well. Even I was obviously more thoughtful about choice, um, but it also a lot of things that played into those choices were the reason. You know that those songs were all picked from online suggestions, and a lot of those were made those choices were made based on the reasoning behind the person wanting the song to be covered. The, so, you know, it would be, there was one couple were going, wanted a song to dance to at their wedding, friend of mine, you know, people who on the side sort of DM'd very personal reasons for wanting to hear, hear a particular song. And so that those, those little kind of behind the scenes communications were very much why I chose what you know the songs that I chose so and it's a nice personal way a nice personal touch I guess to to stay connected to fans but you know, yeah I'll point all this uh, the sort of the big topics out before we get into the record here too because that has allowed you uh, it, it's been a way to support causes that we're all hearing about, you know, from from Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter and 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 what protests in general or or what's going on, and I think a lot of artists are looking for ways to do that. I mean, that that's sort of one. I don't want this to come across the the wrong way. That's sort of one of the easiest ways that an artist can get in the game, though, right? Is just to say, listen, this this is where you can direct your money. This is how you can help. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's much more. Um, and a lot, again, uh, back to the behind the scenes conversations and the DMs of people on Bandcamp who bought the song and then also 
supplemented with a separate contribution or donation to to the causes that we were you know that we were working for at that in the through the series so uh, you know that it was like two <laughs> two lights being shined right. at the same time just um so yeah it is absolutely absolutely an effective way of you know bringing attention and so. just to continue that uh do, can you name a few of the places that you have been uh donating to and your uh listeners and fans um, yeah, sure. We did. Um, so, so I will admit that a couple of them, but for instance, the last one, which was an EP, um, the intention was to do Black Lives Matter Boston and then Black Lives Matter Rhode Island. But the Rhode Island piece was a little more vague in terms of like what their organization around it was. So we did Black Lives Matter Boston and then we did Kids Count in Rhode Island, which is a, a child advocacy organization there. So we that so we split it that way. We've done raise money for clubs here, specific clubs, and in fact, the first few were sort of is going to go to local venues, and it went to several local venues here, and then also to the Cambridge, the Boston Cambridge COVID Musicians Fund here as well. Was a, that was a few weeks in a row, which basically what they do that's sort of treated sort of as an ad as needed organization. People will basically apply to them, the musicians here who are being general business musicians who are being impacted and losing gigs and don't have health insurance. And so it's been sort of a wide range of causes. Well, I certainly appreciate that. That I mean, I appreciate any time artists are kind of using that platform to do that. And it's, yeah. I will say, I, I've not, since I've just thought of this, I had not gone through the history to see, you know, what you've been a part of throughout your career. But but I have to imagine, knowing what I do know about you and the bands that you've been in, that advocacy has, has been a part of that uh, to some degree. Have you noticed any difference in in what it's like to be an artist now versus, you know, when we were talking about Rock the Votes, you know, in the 90s and, and different things like, uh, you know, there was a there was a very strong, uh, of course, the pro-choice movements of the 90s that was happening. But have you seen a difference in how it is to be an artist and to carry a message like this? I think that there's a balance that needs to be struck between really being involved and continuing to be involved in educators. And I'm going to speak very clear, very clearly on the Black Lives Matter movement right now to make sure that that does not stop, quote unquote, trending. Um, there's, you know, I feel like continuing to amplify Black voices right now and sort of you know, pass pass the mic while still, you know, making it clear that this is a a long haul fight and and not just sort of like a series of sound bites that you can then move on from. So I think self education and you know, this is something I'm really taking all my cues from BLM right now in terms of the literature I'm reading, the movies I'm watching, just being really taking that seriously and also, you know, just amplifying rather than supplementing, I guess. I mean, still learning, still learning. You know, there's no end to that. There's not going to come a point in the next few months where I'm going to answer this question gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But and, and that's that's the right answer because we are still learning. But it, it, it's so encouraging that it obviously feels different this time. At least to me, it does because because unlike those times in the past where it did sort of. I mean, it's not like we ever weren't working on this as as a world, but the conversation, the you know trending, whatever you want to call that, you know, it would come and go as the hot topic. And and for the first time, I feel like, like it's stuck past the two week point, you know, it's, it's now where we are, we are in it for the long haul. And I think everybody is. So right. 
I'd like to hope yeah. so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to hope so too. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to take too much else away from, that's an odd seg, from the record at hand, because you yeah. have made a beautiful album with the Barkington Sisters, which I, I wasn't as familiar with them. Uh, what's your all's history? So I met Nora Parkington, who is oddly the only sister who's not on this album, <laughs> <laughs> um, through Hot Stove Cool Music, which is a, an event here that we do every We actually just did a virtual version last week. But I met her, she was playing violin with a few artists that night. And we sort of, at one point, I was doing something with Bill Janowitz and a couple of other people. And then someone said, hey, Nora, do you want to join on the a few songs, and without even asking what they were, she said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, oh, that's a different class of musician <laughs> from me. <laughs> and we just sort of started, we kind of, I fell in love with her playing, and we sort of bonded that night. And from that point, I started listening to her family band, Parkington Sisters, and fell in love with them, started going to shows. You know, we became friends after that point. And so for this album, when American Laundromat asked if I wanted to do a covers album, I, they, I, you know, it was at first when I was thinking about whether I wanted to do that or not, and they came to mind and it just kind of, I could tell what, I just felt like, oh, I could do a Parkington Sisters album, which is a dream of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I can join their family this way. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is my end. Um, so I... <laughs> It could have been stalkerish. That could have been stalkerish just a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a, there's a fine line with me in that. <laughs> and so I, you know, I basically farmed it out to them, and and they, as expected, just really took ownership of it. And it really does sound so much like them with me on top, which is what I wanted. As as far as those songs, did you notice that, like a lot of these songs, you know, you've got some seventies, you've got some uh, some eighties in here. Did you gravitate toward that era for any specific reason? I, I didn't. And, I, you know, that was that has been pointed out to me. <laughs> I think it's because, you know, this, they, there's sort of a very liquid overarching theme of songs that run through my brain pan all the time and have for decades. So I think that those lifelong heavy rotation songs were what, you know, that's what I went to first. So, yeah, and so those all clearly come from a tight little era. <laughs> well, so, you know, I, I was trying to think, like, I don't know specifically when your coming-of-age years are musically. Like, a lot of for a lot of people, you know, that 17 to 20 era, you know, that, that really becomes the songs that that make us in a lot of ways. You know, that's that's the heavy mm -hmm. DNA, as, as people say. So that's, that's what I say. I didn't know if any of these were kind of hitting around that area in your life where it was just like when we're absorbing, you know, like they say, like the sponge that we are in the, that, that period in our life. Yeah. And I think I absolutely. And, and from also from a, from a songwriting perspective, it, they're sort of, these are a lot of the musicians and songwriters that impacted who, impacted on the songwriter I want to be, not necessarily the songwriter that I am, but they have a huge, just the layers, all of those people are layer into how I play, how I write, what what I aspire to. So. It's, it's some really cool choices on here. I loved seeing that Split Ends was on here. Of course, I love uh, Neil Finn. I love Crowd of House, but Split Ends is like the great overlooked yeah. 80s band. Yeah, I know. And it's, you know, I feel like, I felt, like I just felt, I think because I was in a community of people that idolized them, it did surprise me 
later in the broader world that they weren't as, you know, they're definitely well-known, don't get me wrong, but just, you know, in terms of being household names, I just assumed that Slytherin was up there. I mean, to me, I think Neil, I think the brothers in general are unbelievable songwriters. I think Neil Finn is one of the greatest living songwriters. Absolutely. But that's that's not one of their, like, most known songs, though. That's a curious choice. What what made you land there? I don't, it's, again, it's just that song runs through my head and had for for decades. It's I think it's, um I like this sort of herky-jerky, it's, it's one of those songs that's sort of shambolic. It feels like it could fall apart at any second, but it doesn't. And I, I love that sort of, you know, the rhythm of it, the sway of it. And, and then just lyrically, I, you know, just completely connect with the lyrics of that one. And I just feel like it's this great, perfect little, I don't want to say carnival because that's not, that doesn't do it justice. It's not a novelty song, but it just has this really interesting kind of vibe to it that I, and and for the same reason that I love Ocean Rain too, which Ocean Rain to me feels like, you really do feel like this song feels like a boat. It feels like a ship. And and that's what um, W Know has that same sort of feeling of ah, anything I say is going to sound. That's all right. You're actually naming a band who even had a, I, I talk about Split Ends, who had a song called Six Months in a Leaky Boat. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, and, and Echo, one of my you know all time favorite bands too. I mean, like I said, I, I love the I love the choices yeah. on here because they're not all obvious. Even even the arguably the biggest song on here, which you know, Wings, McCartney, Let Me Roll It. You know, that's mm. it, that's still not even an obvious obvious choice to me. And 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 for a song like that, it like when you're covering a song, it's it's like the age old argument. You know, do you stay faithful? Do you give it a twirl? Do you put your stamp on it? Like when you're hitting a right. song like that, how much thought goes into that? Well, that's where the Parkingtons came came in because I that that is you know having a unit. These women who have a vision, have a sound, are very confident in how they want to tackle something. And we, you know, I was in the studio with them the entire you know we were together the whole time but they brought in just having it bringing their thing to it it just and brought a cohesion to the whole it really sounds like an album instead of a bunch of patchwork songs thrown together which did require a lot of conversation ahead of time which is sort of unusual for me and was wonderful to be part of in terms you know just really um I think that when I go into the studio with my own stuff, we have a structure, we have our parts, but there's a lot of flexibility once you're in there. And this was very sort of, all right, where are we going with this? Is this going to be pizzicata? Is this going to be, you know, long notes? Are we going to have any additional musicians come in? Like, what's the, what is the vision for each of these? Um, and that was really fun to be part of. But, you know, when you when you get around those orchestral type musicians, and I talk about because of the yeah. instruments they play, yeah, the conversation becomes much more intricate. That's, uh, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, and these are all, like, women who can, you know, they chart on the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, it's, they're incredibly proficient. It's a... It's, it's the opposite of punk rock, I guess. It's the other yeah. side. It's <laughs> yeah, but they still. But what I love about them too is that they're they are huge fans of the of the happy mistake. They you know they will say things you know like Rose will say like we got to ugly this up somehow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then you know we would have that conversation. It was just really 
inspiring to be around people who do balance, you know, technical skill with a real love of real love of spontaneity and of understanding what a song what serves a song, you know. So I guess the question that I would probably ask when you have your next originals album is we would look back and say, hey, did covering any of these songs, you know, influence how you were writing and what you were writing for this album? But I'll go ahead and throw that question out there now. Like, if you're writing, uh, maybe you are, uh, if you're writing original songs right mm-hmm. now, do you find that you're you're taking little, like, you know, are, are you are you borrowing little ideas from all of these as you go along? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I definitely every single person I've ever worked with, I walk away from with a gift, you know, um, and so they absolutely. The working with them will absolutely impact how how it has yet to be seen. But there are things that do. It just so I covered Buffalo Tom's song "Frozen Lake" for the series, the online band Bandcamp series. And as soon as I finished playing guitar on that on that one, I immediately wrote a song <laughs> on the back of it. Like just something as I was playing the guitar part for that, it didn't. It sort of led to a whole full you know, sort of tandem song. So that does happen. And in the studio with the Parkingtons, there would be times when a melody line would be discarded and I would snatch it up from future years. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I feel like just in terms of just paying attention to what work can follow what you're working on, if that makes sense. Right, right. I think that's something to to always have your ear open to. And you mentioned uh, Buffalo Tom there and, uh, I was listening to Summer uh, probably just yesterday and, you know, a great rock song as it is. It, it just lined up to me that they might be oh. the, the split ends of the of the 90s, too, because talk about a band that should have been much more famous, you know, and I, I say that with all respect to Bill. Yeah, they they have. I feel like they're happy with, you know, they're all they're close friends of ours, of mine, and they, they're, they still have this sort of really nice. They're able to live a lot. You know, they're a dual a sort of a duality in a really nice way where they have their personal private private lives and then they also are able to continue to tour Australia, tour Europe, tour here very successfully all across the board. They still put out albums. It's sort of a nice I, I feel like they kind of nailed the balance in a way because they have a very faithful faithful following. Well, for good reason Probably too. Permanently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. For great. Uh, do you know your next moves? Of course, I'm going to ask if, uh, I mean, there's going to be more Belly. I was obviously such a huge fan of Dove. I, I want more. Do you, do you, do you know what the next few years looks like? We, we don't. We had, um, Gail and I have been writing songs together, just sending each other little clips and working on each other's music. And I've been writing, you know, songs for my own, who knows where they're going to land, just right, continuing to write. We did have a big, well, it wasn't big. It was like a festival that we were planning for Providence with multiple bands and um, authors reading, and there was going to be a visual gallery and that was supposed to be happening in August of this year. And we have tentatively planned it for the fall, for August of 21, and hopefully, hopefully that can happen then. So. Well, I'm obviously going to be looking forward to anything you do and. You know, this just being one of them. This uh, again, the compliments, the Parkington Sisters record. This is a beautiful record. It's so much fun to listen Thank to. You so much. How you guys do these covers? And um, is the uh, is the online series that I did I read that you were kind of done with that for the moment too? I'm done with that for the moment because I just have to. I have two other. I have a project with um, Dylan, a band called Dylan in the Movies. I don't know what we're going to call our 
it's actually Brian Sullivan, but he goes by that name. We're going to, we are working on a project together. We've been writing together. Again, Gail and I have been writing. And then I have, I just wanted to take some time to, to read, to be honest, and to write. And my, you know, kids are out of school now, so I have to read you know, a bigger, a bigger percentage of focus on them. It's always so nice talking to you. Thank you for taking the time and today. Nice and... to to, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. And I hope all will be well there. And Absolutely. Better days ahead. Well, take care and, uh, and we'll see you around at some points. Okay, good. I hope so. All right. Bye. Bye. My thanks to Tanya Donnelly. Again, that new album, Tanya Donnelly and the Parkington Sisters, due out August 14th. Of course, it's not the first time Tanya and I have spoken, and I'm going to include two other interviews from uh, times we got together. The most previous time came in 2018 with the Belly Reunion. After 23 years, the band reunited with their third LP called Dove. The set wasn't a rehash of the past, though, as uh, Tanya told us. Uh, We talked about the natural evolution between the Friends, the 25th anniversary of their debut Star, and some other bands from that famous Boston scene like the Breeders, Buffalo Tom, Juliana Hatfield and Dinosaur Jr. Part 2 of Kyle Meredith with Tanya Donnelly. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. Well, busy, busy and well. (laughs) That's exactly how it's supposed to be right now. (laughs) It is how it's supposed to be, (laughs) So it's all happening. It's finally all happening. Uh, 23 years later and and Belly... is back with music. How does it feel right now? What's what's going through your head? Uh, it feels great. I mean, it really, it, I think, it, I think the fact that it's something that wasn't, you know, there was, it, this could be very easily have not happened, you know? So I think we sort of feel like it's a gift and I mean, not to sound precious about it, but it, we're really grateful for this chance to work together again, primarily, because I think individually we are, uh, we're missing that. And also just to sort of have this chance for, the, you know, this sort of, I don't want to use the word closure because that seems too finite and we don't know where it's going to go from, or, you know, what we're going to do after this. Mm-hmm. But to have this very positive postscript is re- has been just huge, hugely meaningful to us. So just that alone, <laughs> you know, to be quite honest with you, that's 90% of it for us. Um, and then everything else is just bonus. So, yeah. I, I've been thinking about, I don't know, maybe psychologically, what it would be like to be in this situation. Because, you know, when you're writing, and, and you've known these people forever, and you're probably wanting still to write about who you are now, but there's still something like you're pushing it through a lens of something that we all knew from, from back then. You know, something that was structured mm-hmm. in a different time. And I don't know, what an interesting way to make art. Yeah, that's a really good point, and that has come up a couple of times. And, I mean, it, it sort of came up theoretically before we started working, actually working on this stuff. But once we once we were in the room writing together, and I think the fact that we broke out of an old pattern and decided that this time it was going to be completely collaborative from start to finish. I mean, every almost every song is, you know, 25, 25, 25, 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been really... I mean, that has actually, I think, breaking out of our former template has kind of solved that problem of who are we and what is this going to be like? And we're also different now. And are we going to revert or is it going to move too quickly forward? Or what's, how's it, you know, all of those questions kind of were put to bed when we just started simply playing together again. So, 
With it sort of being changed like that in, in the writing style, does it at all feel like a new band? Yeah, it does. I mean, the it's funny because, I mean, musically it feels very new to us. And there are some on the album where we'll, we will verbalize like this feels very much like the old days. But for the most part, musically, we feel very we're different as musicians, for one thing. And we work together in a much more harmonious way now, um, very much together. I would say in terms of the the sort of vibe of hanging out together again, that that feels very familiar, which is nice. It feels like the, f- you know, in the first year that we were together originally. So, which that's... leads to some, you know, <laughs> some <laughs> sort of going backwards in time humor wise, <laughs> little a little kinder in the rehearsal space sometimes in a very in a very positive way. <laughs> hey, we n- we all never grow up really. So. I know, exactly. Well, you know, I mean, you know when you're hanging out with your or you know, with your with people who you grew up with, you know. There's mm-hmm. a language that you kind of revert to sometimes. So that's I want to hear those two. And it's not always <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing though. You know, to be a band this time around, I'm using that in the big sense because when you're young and you go into it, it's it's always that gang mentality, us against the world. You know, and and these days, you know, everyone has yeah. their lives and everyone lives everywhere that they do. And to try to kind of pull that back in, like, how important is that? Is the gang mentality when, when you're doing this again? It's it's really important because I mean, I feel like we. And again, I'm going to repeat myself, but we managed to sort of recapture that that like team kind of somewhat insular mentality but also now i think because we do all individually live out in the world in a very different way than we did back then there there's more i mean i feel like our just even something as simple as the way we connect with people at shows now is much more porous in a very positive way and i think that is because it's it's not so much us against them as us and them, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which comes with being aged, I think. You know that that we still are very much team belly, but but there's a real sort of uh, the you know the walls are down a bit in a in a way that that is that's nice and sort of natural and it feels healthy and good. Yeah, of course, there's going to be tons of new people that you know belly is a brand new band to them and. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like um, my our um, pro- uh, project manager just sent us like a I don't even know so sort of like stats of who's listening and who's buying and who's um, and it is a solid some you know a lot of solid couple of decades younger than us <laughs> in some cases, which we're sort of like what <laughs> who are these thirty year olds? <laughs> they're there That's been and they're really coming gratifying. for you. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of energy I hear. Bring them on. It's going to drain some of that off of them. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, I mean, were you able to actually write in the room together a lot, or was it some of it done over the line? We, a little of both. So most, uh, in the, the our initial, just because, just logistically, we can't be in the same room as often as we'd like. So we sent, you know, I would send a, Gil would send a riff or a chorus, or I would send a chorus or a riff. You know, when Tom would send, we we just sent. It required a lot of trust because we were really sending some pretty raw stuff back and forth. And then 
we'd decide what was going to go with what, and I would add something onto something Gail or Tom sent, and vice versa. And um, and then Chris really informs how where things go vibe wise. You know, as soon as he starts playing, it changes things. Um, it you know even to be quite honest, lyrically sometimes I know that sounds bizarre, but it just does happen. And then Tom sort of kind of Frankensteined everything together, and then we. So then we had the, like the bases, and then then we would go in to play all together to to kind of flush it all out. And 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 sort of on the on the darker side, I mean, there was a cancer scare in the middle of this. I, I didn't know if I could ask about that. Yeah. But, but Gail had to go through some scary stuff, and that must did that just sideline mm-hmm. everything for a minute? He, it it sort of didn't. She was just so. I mean, I, I there's I've loved and admired that woman for most of my adult life, but this coming through that with her, I was just, it was super, superhero level stuff she was pulling off. And we, the only thing that really changed, I mean, we did somewhat, she, it fortuitously, her treatments kind of worked around our schedule. And then we, you know, tinkered with some stuff, but she, we didn't want to cancel anything. You know, we took it tour to tour. The only thing that changed really is that we didn't, you know, I canceled a bunch of press and radio stuff. And we really just closed ranks somewhat, you know, there were no meet and greets. There were no, after shows, she was happy to talk to people and stuff. But yeah, she just, I mean, she can speak to the situation better than I, but we were all, to say that we were blown away is an understatement by what she did. I I personally um, had a lot of respect that she took the opportunity uh, to talk about at that moment the Affordable Care Act and everything that was going on, and, yep. uh, you know what a what a what an outstanding uh, uh, position, you know, and and moment to be uh, using that. So it's which is still right. a weird weird way of yeah. saying that. I don't want that to come across the wrong way. Yeah, and to say no, no, it doesn't come across. I mean, and the, and I think that that was you know her really what she wanted to say is yes, this happened to me, but this is what I want. You know, what I want to talk about is is ACA, you know, so, and to come from a point of, you know, true impact on that, you know, instead of just hypothetically, it right. is, uh, was very, very strong. Well, it, it landed pretty hard in, in the best way possible, I think, to the, to the folks who is, you know, aware of it. And, uh, you know, I don't know, there's nothing, I, I was going to yeah. say, and, and here we are in, in all of the crap that we're in now, but uh, that's oh, really God. sort of unrelated. I <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been, I mean, right now we're sort of starting the conversation of, you know, I don't think he's the, you know, the Buffalo Tom um, are taking Mom's Demand out with them on the road, you know, that's kind of inspired me to sort of say we should do something, you know, right now something similar just to have a booth, you know, I mean, it's you do what you can where you can and hopefully... (laughs) Talking with um, Buffalo Tom, by the way, and uh, I told I, I I was trying to get you guys uh, to to tour together. I was I was really pushing hard on that interview, but that would be very fun. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, honestly, that would be probably the most sensible and fun thing I can think of. But we're both sort of doing this obnoxious opening for ourselves. Right. Right now. <laughs> so. that, if that show can happen, though, you know, just once or something, you know, I'll make that trip. I'll, I'll do that. That'd be fun to see. Yeah. Oh my God. I, you know, I, I would, that is something that I would absolutely love to do. I mean, and you know, selfishly, my family and bills are extremely close, so yeah. <laughs> it would be very nice. 
Well, um, sort of expanding back on what we were talking about just a second ago, um, naming the album Dove, I don't know if that had a bigger implication if, I sh- if I'm reading into it too much, you know, as a bird of peace mm-hmm. in 2018. That, that seems, and I know that comes from the lyric of, uh, of um, what is it, uh, what's the song, Army of Yeah. 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 Right. It, it's, it's every, I mean, it's, that's an umbrella word for us, which is why we liked it, because absolutely peace is a huge part of it. And, um, and also from, and lyrically, there are, there are a couple of bird references on there, too, other than Dev. And so we did feel like that, that was the perfect, you know, especially where it does come up in the lyrics, where at one point it's about not reaching for the bird, and then in the other, it's about ignoring the bird, and then, but the main thing is the bird is here. Mm. <laughs> And I do mean that in a in a hopeful and positive way. You know, peace is a struggle, a, a huge struggle. Peace is not peaceful, <laughs> and so that's part of part of the message in that. But then also just the permanence of it as well. So uh, I, I thought that was a really cool one, and you know, it sticks with one word titles. So you've you've got that going. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. Well, and the, and at first we were you know we were sort of saying let's come up with the longest title ever. <laughs> You got a Fiona Apple the thing, I'm yeah. Sort of that's uh... laughing with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it's sort of like, ah, eh, let's just keep with the. We got a thing. Let's stick with it. Well, I should also bring up the uh, the single. I, you know, we're, we're playing that. In fact, at, right before I, I I sat down to give you a call, I had the station on the background and Shiny One was on, and it sounds so good. And especially, oh, good. you know, being the first official, you know, not in counting the, the cover that kind of floated out there beforehand, but being the first official song out of 23 years. I mean, what a great, what a great statement. What's the story behind Shiny One? I mean, I personally have the most, you know, sort of the most, not the most affection for this one, but a big, this was the first completely, you know, communal one that we put together. And I think it really represents just how we wrote for the most part this album um as a whole uh you know gail wrote gail it started with gail gail's chorus she wrote the chorus and the <clears throat> opening riff and then tom wrote verse and bridge and i wrote lyrics and words over that and then we chris chris is and again this is an example of chris bringing a bringing a vibe in that completely changed the the direction of the song um, the groove of it, and then you know Tom and we Tom and I wrote our guitars over it, and it just sort of all came together in this really nice sort of like very natural back and forth that we did remotely initially, just sending it around, and then when we got together, it just kind of gelled. Um, and live, I have to say, this is one of our strongest ones live. So there's you know that's something that we we bear in mind as well is how it's going to translate live. As far as round numbers go, anniversaries go, this does come uh, on the uh, on the 25th anniversary of, of Star, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, did that play? Did, yep. Is that coincidence? Is that complete coincidence? It is complete coincidence. Yeah, we we yeah we don't have that kind of forethought. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> a song on it called "Stars Align" on the new record, and I thought, well, look at yeah. all of that. Just... <laughs> I know that's sort of uh, that. That's a little bit. That one is definitely that was the last one to be named because we called that one dreams. The working title was dreams for a long time, and then we wanted to sort of get away from that word. So, um, so we just picked something out of the, and we were like, it's kind of make it's kind of good because it does sort of hint at you know what's happening now, but it's just a it's just pulled from the 
from the song. That one took a long time to name. <laughs> it was, it's, there are multiple names all over every working work in progress of that one. <laughs> that's one of the ones that sort of harkens back to just in terms of style. So I feel like that it's a good title. You know, talking about Star turning 25, I didn't know until reading recently, because I wanted to go back and listen to that one too, that that was originally intended to be a Breeders album, which I thought was really yeah fascinating. Now that they're doing their yep. thing, they call it the classic lineup, and which seemed weird to me. Is that weird for you at all? No, not at all. It is. It's to be fair. I I played on Pod and Safari, and then everything they've done since has been without me. And so historically, they you know they have every right to be calling it call you know to be referring to it that way. Really, and I mean that from the bottom of my. There's no zero ill will among any of those people and myself it's all fine um and i think that that's you know i mean at the end of the day i do think that that you know that is what they that's their core so i I, selfishly as a fan i think it would really be cool to kind of see uh some big collaboration you know some uh i don't know if you want to call that a reunion but uh you know something like that happened one day that would kind of be that'd be fun that'd just be fun i mean all the kids are playing again you know you got the you got yeah, star. Well, you know when they're here, when they come here, I sit in sometimes. I I get up and I sing. Actually, they completely blindsided me one night and pulled me up, and I really peed in their pool that night. It was, I I wasn't expecting it, and I completely screwed it up. So I asked for a do over the next time they came <laughs> to sort of redeem myself, <laughs> which we call they were calling redemption night for me. Um, but yeah, when they're here, I'm happy to do when they come to Boston. But, um, you know, at this point, we're sort of still doing separate things. Well, like I said, it's cool just seeing everybody still making such great art. I mean, because with Belly mm. and the Breeders and Buffalo Tom, and I, I see that Dino Jr. is about to do something. You know, everybody from, I mean, Juliana yeah. is still out there, you know, knock them out of the park. I mean, <laughs> It's just insane because that doesn't always happen. And, and to have so many people from, you know, a certain area that's still so consistently putting out great music, it's been really great as a fan to experience that. Yeah. I mean, I think all of the people that you just mentioned are, you know, lifers. And I use this phrase a lot, probably inaccurately, but we, I think all of those bands have sort of a blue collar approach to work, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, like we consider it just to be our passion and love, yes, but also our work. There's, there's a, you know, it's, it's what we still do because that's our job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. I, I mean, say. among others, among, yeah, everybody else has, has stay yeah. stuff going on too, for the most part. But the new BT, I love the new Buffalo Tom album. Oh, so seriously, much. it is so good. Oh it my is. God, it's so that, good. Yeah, I am. Uh... So was, beautiful. I wasn't even expecting that one. You know, that one just came through, and, and yeah. I, didn't, I couldn't stop listening to it for two or three weeks. Just that was it. That was yeah. It. I'm feeling the same right now about the uh, about the Belly record. You guys have done such a great record. Oh, it's good. so good to have uh, Thank have you. you all playing together again. This is fun. Thanks. It is fun. Yeah, the shows, and also just like the, the I think the just the joy of the live shows on two years ago that really is sort of what made us want to make an album instead of, because at that point we were like <clears throat> we were just planning on an EP like a four song EP but we just were so energized by those shows and the people there that that's kind of what that's the sole reason it developed into an album so congratulations again 
and uh, when it uh, get, gets the release and everything, and you know, two weeks after the release, we'll start bugging you for another one. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, it was great yeah. talking to you. Good to talk to you too. All right, take care. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. 2018 belly interview there. And we'll back up just a couple years right before that when Tanya and I caught up via phone to talk about her solo release, the uh, Swan Song series, as well as at that point, the newly reunited belly, part three of Kyle Meredith with Tanya Donnelly. Kyle, it's Tanya. Well, I know it's been a, a very exciting time for you, and we can jump on in on this because uh, the Swan Song series having just released, and, and we're looking at, I guess it's a three-disc collection, right? Compiled of all the uh, the EPs of the last few years. Right. I mean, there are so many different sounds and, and instruments on this. And I guess you have the freedom to do that when you're doing EPs. Like, I don't know if you went into that thinking, like, this has to have one coherent sound like some albums would or anything like that. I mean, it's... No, I, that was... Yeah, there was no real um, thought process at all going into yeah. this. Um, I was more, it was really more about the people that I wanted to work with than it was about any particular sound, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's all over the place, which I kind of like. Yeah, it was. Did you ever find that uh, any sound was too much of a challenge? Did you ever back away from from trying out a new voice or a new character? There were a couple of songs that were difficult for me to pull. To, that I think probably more on the the few, the few examples where someone sent words because that's lyrics are my lyrics come to me most easily. I should say. Um, and so working with other people's words was challenging a couple of times. And unfortunately, I did have a couple of fails <laughs> in that department. <laughs> but, well, sometimes it's funny because like, you can have a song that is the biggest pain in your ass ever and just goes nowhere. And then you can have that same situation. And then all of a sudden it comes together and it becomes your favorite. So I think, you know, digging in when something is hard is always a good idea, even if it doesn't come to anything. Yeah. So well, for, for as long as you've been a songwriter now in, in all of your different bands through all of your solo records and, and now this massive little compilation, I mean, you have so many songs to choose from on, on any given night. If you were just wanted to do a show, like yeah. how hard is it to keep up with your catalog or, or do you even pay attention that much to your back catalog? Um, I do pay attention to the back catalog. I, I actually will. I have been, I ask people's advice a lot because I don't, I don't listen to my own music. So sometimes I do have to go back and sort of read through the <laughs> track list and right. see what I've forgotten about. And that's been the case with this belly reunion too, that, that people have, as we've been watching our, um, by we, I mean, Tom and Chris, they're doing the website <laughs> as they've been sort of. Hand, handling all the social media for Belly, a lot of songs have come up and, you know, they'll say, hey, this one keeps coming up and we don't have it on the set list and so we will add it. So yeah. I do listen to to that and it's easy to forget and it's, it's easy for things to fall through the, through the cracks. Yeah. So. Well, I, I'm just guessing though, you, you must still write like fairly consistently though to have this much of an output. Yeah, I do. I, I collaborate more now, which is what, which is why it's, you know, which is, where that um, volume comes from, you know, because I do, honestly, I enjoy writing with other people infinitely more than just sitting by myself. I'm just kind of more of a social, social worker. Right. <laughs> I like, um, That's I the like business that. card right there. <laughs> yes. Tanya Donnelly, social worker. I like, um, 
I just want somebody, I enjoy having someone else in the room or, you know, I love having someone else's, um, it just taps something. And I think that this is the case with almost everybody. It taps something and you obviously wouldn't normally. So you end up being much more prolific as a result, which makes sense. Has that always been consistent? Because, you know, it's easy to look at your discography and say there was a massive lapse in time there you know, between 06 and 2013, and maybe you were working on other projects that, you know, just slipped past me or something, but, you know. No, I wasn't. I mean, I, I, what I, I, I had sort of um, very happily, let me preface this with, mm-hmm. um, fallen into, you know, just sort of doing things with my friends locally. Um, and honestly, I still, that's my favorite thing to yeah. do, <laughs> to show up at someone else's show. Um <clears throat> So that that is what I have been playing and playing out and doing things and pretty active, but um, you know, just sort of in Boston yeah. for the most part. It's kind of interesting that when you are a public figure, and and you know, we as a public get used to you, you know, being around, and suddenly you're not. It's almost like no, she's disappeared from the face of the earth. Right. I know. Oh. It's so funny. Yeah, that's what the, the whenever I see those. Um, you know, anybody says, where are they now about anybody? I'm like, right. living on Earth? Yeah, <laughs> probably <cooking>. probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're making dinner right now. They're watching, exactly. watching <laughs> something on Netflix. <laughs> but I know this is a busy year, and, you know, you bring a belly, and, of course, we need to talk about that, too, because this year you're in the land of belly once again mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. all this time. Like, how are, how are the old clothes in the yearbook photos looking right now? Because <laughs> in some sense... <laughs> is a nostalgia trip, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it is in some ways. I think, um, you know, we have decided to, we've been writing a handful of songs to sort of offset that being, the, to, to offset it being just a nostalgia trip and mm-hmm. nothing else. Um, but, you know, it is something, there's, there's also something in it for us, which is that, you know, things ended a little too abrupt, abruptly, for all of our likings, and and so I think we're feeling like this is a nice. I keep using the word postscript, but I don't think that's an accurate description. It's more just sort of a I don't know epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something that we're very happy to to be doing, and just playing together has been so great. Doing that again and these songs, which I've missed quite a bit, so. You know, you, you say that, and that sounds like the personal side of it. You know, with writing new mm. songs artistically, is there an actual need to get something new from the name Belly? No, I don't think it's so much a need as just, you know, we, it, it's, I don't know if we would have actually made this decision to write more songs if Tom and I hadn't written for the Swan Song series and then Gail's band and I wrote it, wrote together for the Swan Song series. Um, her partner, Chill, sent me some music and I, and I wrote lyrics to that. And so it sort of was a, that was kind of a bridge almost, those little smattering of songs we did together for Swan Songs. Um, it just sort of felt like, well, we did a pretty good job with those, so let's just try some more. So, As far as the uh, the direction, are you are you ready to, to talk about what they sound like yet? I know you're kind of keeping them close. Um, it's hard to know, you know, they sound, it sounds like us, but, um, but also sort of we're bringing all of our, you know, we've changed a lot 
individually, musically, and so we're bringing that to it as well. It's going to be interesting to see because we've been trying to sort of do it remotely, kind of like, um, you know, sending each other tracks, and now here's my new vocal, and now you send this back, and we sort of came to the conclusion just this last weekend, actually, that we might want to try to do it in the studio all together because it's it's just feeling a little Frankensteinian. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it goes. And that's where the magic happens, for better or worse. Yeah, for better or for for worse. Tom has like Tom's like a, amazing in the studio, and so his quote unquote demos <laughs> sound very um, ready. Right. You know. Um, and so probably I would say the skeletons of his songs would be the ones that would retain most of their original tracks. So. I did see you making a joke out there um, that suddenly you might be having to explain to youngsters that you're not the rapper. It's, oh, my God. the same name. I know. Isn't that so? It's just that so like funny. Is thing, by the way? Is, I, I thought that you could um, do that. You know what? I think we, you know, we, had just, we haven't been active for 20 years, so it just didn't really come up and it's it's I think it's tricky with I mean not that we would ever go legal on this because honestly it's going to be fine and we don't really care that much um and and vice versa I mean I'm hoping he wouldn't either <laughs> but you know he is like a shortcut for rebellious which is his you know his pseudonym so it's sort of tricky in this situation because isn't there there's a like John Doe, for right. instance, there's a rapper named John Doe, right. and then there's John Doe. It's, I think it's just kind of tricky because it's sort of like he's a person named Belly, we're an enti- group entity named Belly. I, I think we're, I think it will all be figured out. And meanwhile, I think it's just been sort of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I think the greatest thing in the universe that could happen right now is that you guys come out with a cover version of one of his songs. I know that's what we were saying. <laughs> we were actually saying in practice last weekend. We were like, we should at least learn one song just in case. <laughs> Just put it out there. You know, everybody's doing the jokes, so it's it's all good. Well, it's like pick the one with the most swears in it, and that's the one we're gonna do. That's it. That's it. Uh, I can't wait to hear the belly stuff, and and I know there's a there's a reissue coming out uh, this month too, right? The uh, yeah, reissue. yep. On four four eighty beggars. Yeah, putting it out. Yeah, those are great people over there. Oh my gosh, I love them. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. I'm going to get my hands on that, and I so look forward to the new music. And again, uh, thanks for this Swan, Swan Song series. Because oh, thank if, you. If this is, uh, you know, I think I think it's established. You're not done making music, but if you're done making music just under your own name, this is a really, really great way to wrap it all up with a nice bow. Thank you. You know, I have to say, it's I'm, I'm really, I can say this because they're all collaborations. I'm really proud of, really proud of these songs. Yeah. Well, I have them, too. So uh, we'll Well, see you you. out there on the road somewhere. All right, great. Thanks so much, Kyle. All right, thanks, Tanya. Bye. All right, bye. Tanya Donnelly there. Again, the new record with the Parkington Sisters. That's due out August 14th. Big thanks to Tanya. Big thanks to you again for checking out this episode. Uh, Before you get out of here, if you're not already a subscriber, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you like to get your favorite podcasts from. We'll bring you brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
After that, head on over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots at Kyle Meredith. Hope you like and follow along there. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.